As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, I've got a serious question for you. Okay. Where are the forks going? Are your forks missing? I'm like running out of forks. Where, oh. where are they going? Oh, this is the same place that your left sock goes when you put it in the dryer. The 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 little tube on the outside of the washing machine? That's where yeah, my it, forks are going? They all vaporize. They all vaporize. I'm Every so... time you turn a machine with water on, something disappears. There's like a water gnome that comes in and steals one fork per week. It, yeah. I don't I don't understand what's happening. Somebody somebody explain. We're living in a simulation. That's the only explanation. It's funny that you say it because I have silverware that's all different colors and I am utterly stymied by where the green fork has gone. <laughs> <laughs> the gnome's no took idea. That no idea. Probably the mouse that was in my oven. <laughs> This week, we're joined by Jay Smith Cameron, Tian Tran, and Shaniqua McClendon to take on the following questions. What's next for the battle over the abortion pill? How would Succession's Jerry have handled the Fox Dominion suit? Why is declaring good vibes only such a bad vibe? And can a gopher ruin your entire family's life? All this and more right now. Okay, well, a little bit of a letdown in news this week, I would news say. News is a snooze. News, news is a snooze. Oh, S-N-E-W-S. Indeed. <laughs> so on Tuesday, after a lot of hype, a lot of buildup, a lot of embarrassing text messages, there was a settlement reached in the Fox Dominion lawsuit literally minutes before we were supposed to hear opening statements from the Dominion lawyers. Alyssa, were you disappointed? What did what did you make of what happened on Tuesday? Erin, of course I was disappointed. This was supposed to be our moment. You know, everyone, all these Fox people were going to have to be marched out publicly as hypocrites. Um, do we know they're already hypocrites? We do. Was most of what we were going to learn already public? It was. But still, where is our gratification? Yeah, where's our gratification? So the settlement will result in Fox News paying out more than $787 million to Dominion mm-hmm. voting systems after they defamed them um, in the wake of the 2020 election where Donald Trump lost handily to Joe Biden. Um, and uh, Fox News anchors and personalities lied about what was going on, even though they knew the truth and Dominion asserted that they hurt their business and Fox was like, "Okay, fine, we we did hurt your business. The thing about the settlement on Tuesday is that Fox doesn't need to issue an apology. Right. Correct. They just acknowledged that they had said some things that maybe weren't totally accurate about Dominion. That was it. (laughs) That's all they had to do. Imagine if you would apologize for a fight, an argument, a disagreement with a loved one that way? Like if you guys had a Uh, huge, I acknowledge (laughs) that you were upset with me and I look forward to moving on. I look forward to paying you your money. Though, Erin, one good thing about the settlement 
It is 10 times the current valuation of uh, Dominion voting systems. So this is allowed for them. And they still have cases pending against OAN, Newsmax, and some of Trump's finest advisors. Mm -hmm. So here's another thing that I kind of I was a little bit confused by yesterday. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of dunking on this. Like, yes, justice has been served or whatever. But Fox doesn't need to admit fault on air, which is what a lot of us were hoping for. They just get to pay up and shut up, basically. Pay up and shut up. And this and this does not this is not a huge sum of money for them. No, it's not a huge. I mean, it, it is a non-small amount of money, but it's not like a catastrophic amount of money. It's not like the $1.4 billion Alex Jones was asked to pay out in in a lawsuit against him. Um, I think this is a really important lesson about what these lawsuits are. Like Dominion was always just out for Dominion. You know, like what what rational... This wasn't wasn't a greater good. (laughs) Right. What rational person, though? I mean, even if they are interested in the greater good, what rational person would drag themselves through years and years of legal battles for a negligible amount more money? Right. And really, like, what what does an apology do to the people that were actually wronged? What we wanted was an apology that would hurt Fox News by proving they were hypocrites, by making them admit to their viewers that they have a deep contempt for them. But we're not going to get that. And because Dominion doesn't need that to be made whole. The American people want that to be made whole. Right. But Dominion doesn't need that no. to be made whole. The one thing that I hope for and the, the one thing that the Dominion lawyers were talking about uh, last night was the sort of irreparable harm that was done to their employees who were targeted and harassed and all this. And I hope that of that $787.5 million, that some does trickle down to the people who uh, were targeted and uh, harassed. I mean, I know that the lawyers are probably going to lob off a pretty hefty fee for for the work that they did, Um, but they did some good work, you know, probably not, you know, they probably don't deserve the money more than the Dominion people do, but that's just the way our legal system works. Um, Yeah, I just, I I think that a lot of people, I was watching cable news last night, which was silly of me, Um, (laughs) but it was, it was so weird. There was this like, on the show that I watched, there was this really long monologue about, justice has been served. And it's like, what are you talking about? It hasn't been because the trial's over. That's what's happened. The trial's (laughs) over. And like, yeah, we had a long wind up and I get that we were really excited to cover the circus of it and like learn more stuff. Um, But we didn't get to. We didn't get to learn more things. We didn't get to see the full truth. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's it's you know, it's it's good and it's bad. It's not it's not something to dunk on, but it's not something to lament. I don't think I think that's the best way to put it. Um, let's move on to Meatball Ron. Oh, oh Meatball. God. I feel like if this were a morning show, there would be like the sound of a toilet flushing after He's an that. angry Meatball. Yeah. Meatball. Meatball Ron. Uh, he does sound like a morning show host, and maybe he would be better suited to do that because mm. he can't really govern. He can, uh, he can make a show of, of being a, a dick. But here's, here's some Meatball Ron schadenfreude. Uh, This was published in Rolling Stone, and I know the reporter who wrote this piece, and he is very well-sourced, and so I'm like, (laughs) God, I bet he... As long as Ron DeSantis remains a viable, possible 2024 presidential candidate, I feel like this reporter at Rolling Stone is going to be a thorn in his (laughs) side. Um, So basically, a group chat of rich DeSantis donors has been shit-talking 
Ron DeSantis, your group chat, your side group chat where you shit talk something else happening in the main group chat. Aaron, there the is, rich do it too. There is trouble in mega donor paradise. Can you can you kind of lay out what's going on in mega donor paradise? Well, Aaron, it seems that some that that Ron DeSantis is starting to freak out his donors because they're like, mm, Maybe he should have returned to Fort Lauderdale after the massive flooding and now fuel crisis instead of taking his show on the road. Maybe he should stop banning books. Maybe his abortion position is just going a little too far even for these guys. Aaron, they are concerned about all these things and the fact that while he's out there beating his chest on these great things he thinks he's done, he still won't take Trump on. Mm -hmm. And Trump is still 23 points ahead of him. Yeah, it's interesting that you use the phrase the show on the road because I think what's really funny about the mega donors is they still don't get it. It's not that they right. want Ron DeSantis to actually do things to help homeowners in Florida. You know, it's not they're they're not like, why isn't Ron DeSantis working on affordable housing? Why isn't Ron DeSantis working on uh, climate uh, sustainability? Why isn't he trying to make this the, the make Florida more shored up for inevitable climate change disasters? No, they want him to show up as though he cares instead yeah, of actually yeah, caring. Just just go back home, Ron. We don't care what you do, but people can't get gas and they're getting pissed and like. The last thing you can have is people in Florida mad at you. So I kind of like that he took his show on the road, though, because it 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 really reveals the fact that it's a show. He's but he's not doing anything. Aaron, we have said this for almost 250 episodes that why are Republicans trying stand up comedy? This is what they think it is. They're all like, you know what? I want to go out and get some laughs. I want people to clap for me. There is literally <laughs> no real meaningful uh, motivation behind anything they do. Other than scoring, like, I don't know, good feedback on their new uh, on their new shtick. Yeah, it, it is true. It's it's I think it was Jimmy Kimmel that said they all just want to be stars, which I think is very true. true. And, um, you know, people have also speculated that Ron DeSantis is auditioning for Fox. He's, you know, doing all kinds of showy stuff that is not really what he was elected to do. He wasn't elected to be a talking head. He was elected to govern, and he's not governing. He's getting in fights with Mickey Mouse. He's banning abortion at six weeks, which, by the way, he signed the six-week abortion ban in Florida in, like, the dead of night with no, like, yeah. no no hullabaloo. Did you see the photo op that went with it? It was anemic. <laughs> it was, well, it was like he surrounded himself with, like, women. Like, hey, look, I don't hate women. Some of my best friends are women. See, women like me. Yeah. <laughs> they agree it, with me. It was it was super weird. Um, but I, I feel like here's a, here's the reason that the six week ban was extra insidious. Because Florida was for a lot of people in the South who were seeking abortion care in the wake of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Florida was sort of the place that they had to go. It was one of right. the last accessible places where abortion was legal for them or accessible for them. And with a six-week ban in the books, um, all of these people are going to flood into other states with systems that are already way overtaxed. And it's going to influence and impact routine gynecological care for people. I don't think people understand this. Like Florida banning this type of abortion care 
is going to impact people in all of the states where these patients, because they're not going to be like, oh, well, nevertheless, like you're pregnant. You don't want to be pregnant. You're not going to let, you're going to do everything you can, everything in your power. If that means traveling a thousand miles, if that means going down to Mexico, if whatever that means, you're going to do it. Um, and, and so I don't, uh, this is just, this is a decision that impacts people far beyond the borders of Florida. It's all, it's people in the South. It's people in, in like, haven states near the South. Uh, it's bad. I don't like it. It's bad. It's bad. Um, but, you know, I, I'm glad that, that Ron's donors are talking shit about him. Love to see it. I want them to keep it up, even though they are also probably pretty bad people. Um, but, yeah, let them fight. Let them fight. Let them fight. Let them fight. Dot, dot let me long reign the group chats. And by the time people hear this, we will have action one way or another, action or inaction on the Supreme Court uh, and the abortion pill case. Yep. So basically, Alito put a hold on the ban of mifeprestone, and the ban expires at midnight on April 19th. We are yes. recording on April 19th. So either the Supreme Court will say, uh, actually, we're going to keep this drug on the market, mm -hmm. or they're going to say nothing, and then the ban will go into effect across yep. the country, except, across the country. For in the, except for in the 17 states that have a competing lawsuit in Washington state. It's all very confusing. But even in those states, doesn't the Mifeprestone, doesn't the access roll back to 2016 standards? I don't know. See, See Aaron, is... we don't, we can't even sort out. And going back to 2016 standards would mean no mifeprestone by mail, uh, has to be administered by a doctor, uh, things that are cumbersome and unnecessary and were done away with years ago. Yeah, there's no reason that you need to do it in front of a doctor, really. No. I've taken no. it before and you don't. There's, It's, it's sort of like better if you don't because you just kind of want to be home just yeah, for the ensuing hours afterwards. And it's just, it's stupid. It's just, it's, this is what happens when people who would fail high school biology try to make rules on medical practice. It is just absolute trash. So I guess, you know, to be continued, we're going to get Wednesdayed pretty hard by this and we're acknowledging we it. Um, I have no high hopes whatsoever for the Supreme Court, um, but we'll see. Maybe they'll give us an upside surprise because they're realizing that they're costing their party elections, elections all across the country. Or and they're maybe gonna... they're just going to be overwhelmed by the fact that they don't want to hurt big pharma. <laughs> That's true. Oh, my God. What a Sophie's choice for John Roberts. Sophie's choice. Oh, God. My heart goes out to him today and, and the other, you know, conservative gadflies on the court. Okay, let's take a quick break. I'm so excited for this next guest. Oh, we're so I'm lucky. so excited. We are so lucky. Stick around. We're talking to Jerry from Succession again. She's back and better than ever. And welcome back. Alyssa, I have a question for you. Yes, ma'am. Alyssa, what are the rules of spoilers when it comes to succession? Because I had a oh. real big thing spoiled this season, but it was my fault because I hadn't watched it by Tuesday. What, okay, like so how long? You, if you haven't watched it by Tuesday morning, shame on you. And also, <laughs> if you have friends who really love you, you all start conversations with, are you caught up before anybody says anything else? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it spoiled by an Ari Melber... Instagram post. And I was oh, like, that's a God terrible way to damn it. A terrible way to be Ari, brought down. 
I know. I know. I know. But you know what? It's fine. Was this about um, episode three? Yes. It's yes. about all episodes. It's about Jay. all, all no, episodes. Right. And but I mean, episode, that's a... Yeah. Episode four, I was talking to some girlfriends and somebody said something about Shiv. And I was like, oh, <gasps> I figured it out before. Oh, you did? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the see, voice everybody is hearing in the backdrop before, <laughs> before we just kind of go into our conversation because we're all pals around here. She's an acting legend, a Broadway veteran, and the legendary Jerry on Succession, Jay Smith Cameron. Welcome back to Hysteria. Thank you. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. We're so happy you're here. Um, so let's get started because we were talking about spoilers. Um, before we get to anything else, we need to ask the most pressing sociopolitical question of the week. Did Logan underline or cross out Kendall's name? Well, as you know, that's very subjective, right? <laughs> it's like a, you know, Rorjak test. Like, how do you see it? <laughs> I think it looks crossed out to me <laughs> because... Look, if you wrote it, if it was your document you wrote, why would you need to underline it? Like, like if it was someone else wrote it and you're like, no, uh, or yes, I picked this one. But if you wrote it and you're like, I changed my mind, that's different. I think Hmm. that's one theory. And Hmm. also, I just think, I think maybe it could be, they just said it could be a few years old. And since the story began, which is only about, believe it or not, about a year's time. It's not too, they don't make too fine a point on it, but in season one, we have a Thanksgiving episode, right? So it's November and this is an election cycle year. So we're, we're like in, we're back to November. So it's about a year's time. We all look incredibly different. Wow. I know. know. Kendall got Uh, into a lot of jiggery pokery in one year. Kendall is a chaos machine. (laughs) Wait a minute. Did you say jiggery pokery? I did. Is is that an Alitoism? I, I I got it from Shane Smith working at Vice. Oh, okay. I love that. And that's very succession-y. I mean, I wonder if we, if it was the show was ongoing, which it's not, uh, that would be a very good th- thing well, for Jerry to say. I could have contributed. I, I know. Contributed. I know. You could have been a contender. <laughs> um, so, Jerry, I'm uh, not Jerry. Jerry. Jay. It's okay. <laughs> that's so funny. Um. So, Jay, we were talking in our news segment today about the Fox Dominion lawsuit. And I'm not sure if you've been following it or not, but it settled in a very dramatic way at the last minute, right before the trial was about to start. If Jerry were in the Fox legal team, what would she have advised them to do? Well, it's funny because Michael Beschloss, we follow each other on Twitter. And he, he said, um, this is what Jerry would have advised Logan to do. He didn't want to. What do you say, Jace McCameron? And mm-hmm. I was like, it looks like Rupert has a Jerry, is what it sounds like. And it also very Logan Royish. Up to the last minute, someone was wanting to tough it out. And um, it's very Jerry. And now everyone is, now Jerry is getting a lot of flack for it because the idea is you spend the money, you don't go to prison. And he gets to keep, as I said in my tweet, I was like, and he gets to keep his fantasy news <laughs> game going. You know what I mean? Like he, mm-hmm. so, and I was, then it, it sparked a whole conversation in the car this morning because in my husband's film, Margaret, um, the heroine is uh, trying to right a moral wrong by, um, 
suing the bus driver, the bus company, about an, a, a woman gets killed in a bus accident and she feels it was the bus driver's fault and perhaps her own fault as well, that she distracted him. And it, and it takes forever. It's a very tedious process. One of their conditions is that the bus driver get fired. He doesn't get fired. They win a bunch of money that goes to the dead woman's relatives, who's someone who they never got along with her. She didn't get along with them. They get a bunch of money. They get several hundred thousand dollars from the bus company in the movie. And our heroine is completely unsatisfied, but it's a, it's this cold wave of water splashing her in the face like, you're an adult now. That's the horrible, th- th- in our culture now, uh, the person who gets the money has won the, won the war and it's not satisfying and there's no moral rectitude involved. I don't know. I, I, I veered off of Jerry's answer, right? But I think, Jer- <laughs> I feel, no, I feel like Jerry, I feel like Jerry, I, I feel, I said, I, I wrote to him, I said, I, to Michael, I was like, it seems like Rupert has a Jerry. I mean, yes. I, like, who's like, remember the episode where I go into his office, the feds are downstairs. And I'm like, you have to, co-. I've been saying all season, I think we should cooperate. And we slowly, we, you know, we, we slowly fire this person. We give this rest to, you know, this amount of money towards this. And, you know, we, and we, and it slowly goes away. Um, and it costs a lot of money, but no one goes to prison. And I'm, I'm, I think it's the only time that I know of anyone really yelling at Logan. I think somebody said on Twitter that Kendall yelled at Logan in the first season about his, you know, um, about how he treats Kendall's son. Um, oh, right. And, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I feel like it's, it's a very Jerry settlement, I hate to say. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, Succession is the culture when a new season starts airing. How do you deal with the all-consuming cultural obsession within your own life? Are you watching along? Are you in the comments? I mean, can you get a cup of coffee in peace? <laughs> um, yes, I watch along. Sometimes I have to watch ahead if I have to do a podcast about an episode and they're going to ask me about this or that moment because... Um, I don't know if I've said this to you guys before, but the, the way Succession was shot, um, you, you often have alternative lines or there's improvs or, and, and the whole way it's shot is the camera's moving around. You don't really know who's on camera. It's not like a traditional mm-hmm. TV show. It's oh. like, we're shooting this way and then we'll do different sizes. And then we turn the camera and we change the lighting. And we shoot this way. And, and that's sort of a traditional thing. And with Succession, they're just have two or three cameras going around all the time catching things. Do you say something funny, scripted or not? If they catch it, the, the, the camera waves back. Like, who said that? Oh, he said that. Like that. You know, it's like this interesting. Um, so it's very hard to predict exactly what you're going to see, even if you were there on the set doing it. And yeah. I, I've, especially with a show, any show is a bit like that because editing is a huge part of post-production where they pick and choose between takes and they put it together in such a way that that's the final bit of the storytelling and Jesse and the producers weigh in on the edit. And that's part of, so I don't know, like I know I said a certain line or someone said a certain line to me. I don't know if it's going to turn out cut or in the background or missed or, or highlighted or you hear it clearly, but the focus is on Roman or, you know, I just, 
I really don't know. And that's what's so fascinating about the show. And I love to watch along because it's so suspenseful. It's suspenseful in an extra way for me because I'm wondering between a multitude of choices, how they chose each micro section. Um, that answers that part of it. Um, uh, what else did you say? You said, uh, can I get a cup of when coffee? You're, are, yeah. Are you, when you're out and about, can you get a free minute or is everyone trying to ask you questions? I do get recognized a fair amount. Um, yesterday, Kenny, my husband and I went to dinner, um, had an early dinner with Kieran. So we, we walked in our neighborhood and Oh, someone no. almost must fainted. Have lost their shit. So one one girl seemed faint. She's like, "Please, can I take a picture?" And Karen was like, "We're running late, sorry." And he was just so smooth. I'm usually like, "Oh, you know, I haven't brushed my hair. I just had to walk the dog. Please don't take." Because the problem with pictures is they could end up on the internet for you know in perpetuity, and you know you just can't. You don't have any quality control over that. So. It's terrible because if I feel like I'm going to take the dog on a long walk, I feel like I have to run my comb through my hair. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being that way anyway. But, you know, like <laughs> early in the morning when you want to walk your dog. I mean, I'm someone uh-huh. who puts sneakers on with my pajamas and puts a hat on and sneaks out there. And I feel like I can't really do that as much. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like super famous people. But I do, I do feel the – I do feel it. Yeah. You know, I would have lost my marbles if I saw you two out in real life. I would have had a like a moment where I almost blacked out and was like, am I in succession? Is that what is happening? Um, so, Jay, the last time you were on, we talked about Shakespeare. I mean, you're a, you're a stage actor before you were um, acting in film and TV. And the episode that took place at Connor's wedding felt like one of the most Shakespearean episodes of TV and of succession that I've ever seen. Um, when you were shooting it, did it kind of feel like you were performing in a play? And how did you prepare for the scene where Roman, spoiler alert, betrays Jerry on his father's orders? Um, how did I prepare for that moment? Well, let me, let's go back yeah. to the for the first part of the question was, did it feel like a play? Because mm-hmm. it has a sort of Shakespearean. Well, first of all, it has a sort of Shakespearean scale to it, doesn't it? Because it's a big mm-hmm. episode and it and it and it picks on very big themes. And in Shakespeare, often there's a king or a monarch of some kind or a duke. There's, you know, it's, and that's sort of true of succession. There's a, a strong, rich man who's leading everything, you know, that's it. So it follows certain things that are sort of Shakespearean. Um, so yes, but they furthermore felt like that because uh, they started doing this thing in season four where they would, just run from scene to scene without cutting. So it meant, so we did the whole part. They did it on the plane as well. We did all this coverage. We did all the scenes in turn. Like, you know, when they find out and they're on the phone and they're talking to, to, they're trying to talk to him on the plane. They don't know if he can hear them or not. And then they have to go tell Connor. And and then there's the scene where they all come into the room to discuss and they ask me in there. And then I'm alone with Roman briefly. Well, so we did all those scenes distinctly as written, as normal. And then we ran about almost a half hour's worth of material or 20 minutes worth of material straight. So there was like handing off of cameras quietly and people ducking out of the, like people hiding a camera under behind the sofa. So they'd just slip in, like crouch down and slip in behind someone coming through the door. So it was like, 
like running a 20 minute or, you know, play, like a short play. Like we did a string of scenes together in real time flowing, which was, I don't know of any other show that that's done that quite. Um, and I heard on, on one of those shows, right. You know how they have right after the episode, they have a little discussion about it. I heard Mark Mylod say, I think we use quite a bit of that take because you can imagine the, the performances, particularly for the sibling characters, you know, to, to be able to keep the real time of finding that out and processing those feelings and then dealing with Roman to deal with someone like Jerry and he tries to get sympathy from Jerry and Jerry's having her own, whatever it is, she's in shock too. And, and she's dealing with the other shock, like uh, Karen and I discussed it and Jesse that, you know, it starts off with this horrible scene between uh, Roman and Jerry and, and it seems like that's going to be the horrible scene for him of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just that he had to fire someone, but that he had to fire her. And it's mm-hmm. awful for both of us. And it hasn't been the wedding yet. We're stuck there. We're on a boat. And that seems like how much worse could it possibly get? And then it gets worse for him. Mm-hmm. So to run it yeah. straight, you get that emotional pylon for him. Like he goes, oh, you, know, you know, and so it was very rich to be able to just keep it going straight, mm-hmm. you know. It felt like Logan had, in a way, ordered Roman to kill his mother. I mean, because Jerry is sort of like a maternal figure to him in this really fucked up way. Um, It's like the final interaction between Roman and Logan was Logan being like, kill your mom and Roman doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like, I remember watching it and feeling so awful. And I thought that that scene between the two of you was so layered and well acted at Jerry's reaction was like perfect Logan's discomfort was perfect I just it was like such a powerful moment in the show and you're right that it that it gets kind of overshadowed by the other big thing that happens in that episode but I feel like the second big thing kind of puts a exclamation point on the first big thing and remember in between that Roman feels shitty about what he did and calls mm-hmm. and leaves a message for Logan, where he says, that was a shitty thing to ask me to do. I guess you're a cunt. <laughs> Sorry, right. but that, this is all succession speak. That's not how I yeah. speak. Um, <laughs> it's how we speak. So <laughs> of course, yeah, we're good. Uh, okay, we're all good. Um, and then, you know, so then he's, in Roman's mind, he's like, you know, the siblings don't know that he asked them to do this and come in with him again. And they also don't, you know, like the, the siblings don't know that yet. And he doesn't know whether Logan heard that message. Was he responding that message when he had an embolism? Like what, right. what happened? What happened? You know? Mm-hmm. So on top of it, it was like, kill your mother. I killed my mother. And now I'm killed my father. <laughs> they all feel like they killed him by making him go to Sweden to ask for a little money. So mm-hmm. it's very Titus Andronicus or something like not just Shakespeare, but Shakespeare, a certain vein of Shakespeare that's particularly sadistic and gory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Jay, you have described yourself growing up as a, quote, shy kid who wore glasses, played violin, and didn't have a best friend. What does middle school Jay think about major publications like the New York Times <laughs> talking about how you're a 60-something <laughs> sex Symbol, how have you taken being a sex symbol out for a spin? Uh, I don't, (laughs) 
I, I, I'm not a sex symbol. I don't feel like that's. I, don't, I, <laughs> I feel uh, like the world begs to the disagree. world begs to differ. Also, like entire lesbian group chats, I think <laughs> well, would completely disagree with you. Well, I mean, I feel like the Jerry character has this sort of like um, um, surprise, invisible glamour to her, because mm, I mean, you could unpack it; it'd take a long time, but I feel like. You know, she she's, suffers no fool. She's very um, steely and no nonsense. And she's, you know, the hardest working, smartest person in the room always. And there is something, I mean, that's what maybe why Roman is, yes, he has a mother thing, but also I think he's so smitten with that because he's such a, I mean, don't tell Karen I said this, <laughs> but Roman is such a flippity gibbet in a way, or or, <laughs> or he or he seems or he seems that way. Not the F word, <laughs> ah, flippity gibbet. Oh, it's the first time that's been used on this show. <laughs> in the in the in the beginning, at least, I feel like he's really deepened as a character as it goes along. You know, that's what's so sad from Jerry's point of view is I think she really feels that had he just not taken those pictures with his phone and not persisted in this kind of ridiculous, perverse flirtation that there was a way they could have a relationship and an alliance where they'd be quite close and mm-hmm. they would make excellent, like with her behind him, he could have run the industry and uh, he just never sort of hears it. He's like sort of like giddy, mm-hmm. either because mm-hmm. he has a crush or whatever. It's so funny. But anyway, the sex symbol thing is like, um, I don't know, I feel... Just feels like a fun joke, but but I'm in, but I'm but I'm enjoying it. It's fun. It's fun to good. I, I, good. All, I just you should. Think, I think it's great of sixty something. Thank you for that. Um, you know, people are have sexual identities. That's because they, they do. I mean, there are plenty of sexy people of any age, and I think it's you know too little, too late to to um, to to. to, 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 to that it's um it's not that I'm a sex symbol, it's that I'm in my sixties and a sex symbol. That's why it's worth talking about. Like and so it's kind of like, you know, it's not the dance the dog is doing, it's that it's done by a dog, you know, that argument. Like it's not the, you know. So um it, so I feel like it's I just I don't take it very seriously. So but I'm enjoying it because my stylist, um Cat Pope, has put me in these like well, not this today is Carolina Herrera, but Ooh, she has put ooh. me in these beautiful, some of the, some of the award show things I've worn have been these like va va voom kind of like glamour puss outfits, and yeah. I would never have selected them, or had someone brought them to me like a costume designer, I would be like, oh, I I don't think that's right for me, you know. But she's mm-hmm. just persisted, and she has this light breezy way about her, like, of course that looks good, of course you can do that. You know what I mean? Like, even if I didn't have the perfect waistline for it or anything, she's like, you look like, you look great. Like, she's she's just loose and free and she she's imaginative and she's not bound by ageist ideas. And I, so I have to give her that shout out because, and the same with my, um, uh, with um, Liz Olivier, who does my hair and makeup. They're like, of course you're a sex pot. You know, just very. <laughs> I love that. You know, I was talking last night with my husband, who is also a Succession fan, obviously, and we agreed that a Jerry spinoff would 100%. be hundred percent. Yes, we, please. We would, it would be like event TV for us <laughs> if they spun off, even if it was like Jerry right before the Succession timeline started. Like it would Ooh. just be the Jerry prequel. 
Yes, yeah, the exactly. Better call Jerry, kind yeah. of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, Jay Smith Cameron, thank you so much for joining us. This was oh, so fun. My pleasure. Come back again. Always. Back again. And I told you, one day I want to interview you guys. We're coming Down. up on episode 250. Yes. All right. That's right. It's going to be on yeah. episode 250. Got it. Gives me some time <laughs> to prepare my questions. All right. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> thank, thank you so you. much. Take care. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have. I refuse to be uncomfortable if I want to be productive. I refuse (laughs) to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle. Which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. 
They're very like on oh. a, it's like a couch nap. You know, you have like a oh yeah. You've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm gonna just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah, perfect, perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like denim shirt, denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is like, I think. My my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're they look like a security blanket that a thirty year old yep. still has, where it's just like a ball of string, and you're like, Ugh. Um, our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now, and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a on a short weekend trip, and they still looked great. It was like, Dad. Your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I love the book, The Power Broker, the epic biography of former New York City planner Robert Moses. So I'm breaking it down 100 pages at a time and talking to special guests about why this book matters, like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I actually think if it wasn't for Robert Moses, I probably wouldn't have run for Congress. Listen to 99% Invisible's breakdown of The Power Broker every month on the 99% Invisible podcast feed. And welcome back. Alyssa, what is the first, do you remember the first time that you saw a shirt, coffee mug, whatever, proclaiming that only good vibes were welcome? I think it was something Matthew McConaughey related. Yes. I, it, was, <laughs> it was of the all right, all right, all right debut. So maybe 20 years ago, 30 years, I don't know. <laughs> Long time ago. Okay. Well, I I remember like thinking vibes were a very like West Coast like wellness culture type thing. Um, and then when I moved out to the West Coast, I just was like, oh, I'm just hearing about vibes all the time because that's where I, I'm in the land of vibes. Uh, but it turns out vibes have infected everything. It's all vibes all the way down. It and is. It's, it's diminishing the the actual effect of the vibes. The right. vibes are becoming <laughs> diluted. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about bad vibes today and a recent defense of bad vibes that was written that I found compelling, that we all found compelling. I'm going to bring in the rest of our panel. Our first panelist is Crooked Media's vice president of politics, and she wanted to let you know that you can go to votesaveamerica.com slash row to fight to keep abortion accessible for our country. Shaniqua McClendon, welcome to Hysteria. Hi, Aaron. I think you're one of the all-timers. Like, you've been here, you've been on the it. show. You're, like, not officially, <laughs> but you kind of are. You can make me official whenever oh. you want. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, you guys, we got that on camera. 
We got, this she's... is also my first, I, if I'm not mistaken, my first time, I think, in studio doing the show. I think we did it once. And oh, it was maybe. Maybe right before pandemic. Oh, maybe it was right before COVID. And okay. it was like, but that was like well, a million years Well, this fear is more ago. real. It does. It well, does. Well, this is my first time doing Hysteria in the big studio. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Let's get you the sticker that goes with that. <laughs> Our next panelist is a comedian and actor on How I Met Your Father, which is streaming on Hulu now. And it's all of season two is up, right? Um, first part of season two is up. The second part... Part of season two uh, premieres May twenty third. Well, that's Tian Tran. I really talking. hope that's right. <laughs> I hope that I hope I named the right date. Uh, well, Tian Tran, welcome to Hysteria. Hello, Erin. So good to see you. It's, I always have a great time coming in. It's really fun. It feels kind of like therapy to me, and like not, because sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to do anything. I want to lay here. But then I do it, and I'm like, this felt good. This was fun. These vibes were okay. <laughs> Um, so, like I mentioned, we we're talking about bad vibes. And Shaniqua, you said something really interesting when we first floated this as a potential mm. topic. And you said politics runs on bad vibes. Can you explain what that means? Yes. Behind the scenes, I met uh, most of the people who work in politics that I know are pretty cynical. They're tired, they're exhausted, and they're constantly consuming all the bad news that's happening. So, you think about this week, mm. the level just the number of gun violence incidents that we've seen. Um, I feel like the the shooting in the mass shooting in Mississippi has kind of like fallen a little by not by the wayside, but so much so much other stuff has happened since then with the young man in um is it in Missouri? Kansas, Kansas City. Yeah. yeah. Um being shot, uh, the young woman in New York who accidentally pulled into um, a driveway being shot and killed. And then I saw another story that two cheerleaders mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. went to, they were getting in the wrong car and this man shot them. And so, you know, that's the stuff you're consuming all the time because you're like, what are the issues that are really salient to the voters that we can like really put in front of them? And you just have to constantly consume this. But then at some point in politics, you have to project victory and happiness and we're marching towards something great. And so for me, working in politics, it's hard because you have to push these positive vibes. Um, but there's a lot of bad stuff happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like behind the scenes, the the fact that there are bad vibes are what, yeah. what compel you to try to push exactly. towards some kind of victory. Um, I mean, that's like a really, that's a really good distillation of it. I think it, even working kind of adjacent to politics, mm -hmm. sometimes it's just like, you know, anything news related, yeah. like newsrooms run on bad yeah. vibes. Like yeah. it's just, I remember working in a newsroom one time and we had this like national editor who, you know, he was supposed to be like on breaking national stories and it was always a shooting. He was just mm -hmm. always, I mean, it's not, not, no, no, like, you know, shade toward him. It was just like, he was always running around the office asking about like shooting yeah. victims and like yelling out for like, we get confirmation about this. And like, it was just, yeah. Pure bad vibes. It's the country's bad vibes. <laughs> uh, Tian, do you agree that America is bad yeah, I vibes? I mean, <laughs> what, what if I was like, I disagree. <laughs> I think America's great. I think America's great Trump vibes. Trump made it great and oh, we continue to be great. I, it, no, I, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, coming from like doing stand-up, it's like if you're really doing stand-up consistently, you're, you're taking things that are like from the news. Like if you're trying to be topical, you want to be talking about things and trying to find the funny way in based off of trauma and bad vibes. So like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it is, it's all around us. Right, right. Um, Alyssa, you know, talking about the bad vibes being fodder for our show, I got a message from a listener the other week that was, wanted to know why we hadn't covered a story. And, mm -hmm. and the honest truth was like, 
we already were covering too many bad stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and there's and a like limit. some, yeah, yeah. I mean, and sometimes we have to pick and choose. Do you, do you remember like some weeks in particular where we were just like, this story, the news is too bad? Like, we can't. There are some, there's, you know, you know, one that was just, I mean, some of the news is just so, it's almost gratuitously bad. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But we had a bad week of news coverage. And then there was one more story about the little girl at the 4 H who had the goat. Oh, with the goat? Mm. Yeah. No, and, I hit and my bad vibes like, limit with that. Yeah, we were like, you know what? And and the only reason I had wanted to talk about the stories because I wanted them to get the fucking sheriff that did this to the little girl and her goat and, uh, you know, that drove. Talk about bad vibes. Yeah. What if you got in a car and drove five hours to repossess a goat from a child? Okay, that is fucking bad vibes. Um, mm-hmm. But no, there are just some weeks where it's like, we have to talk about bad things and it's just one more thing. It's just too much on the load. And then sometimes you're like, the vibes are so bad. You can't even think about bringing in good vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like, almost like it's toned this is bad to time. Vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a bad time right. for right. good vibes. <laughs> right. Like, Hey, you know, I know that there's like mass sadness and unbelievable despair just coast to coast in this country. Yeah. But the sun's out. I I was Shaniqua this morning. She's like, I went on a walk. I went on a walk. I mean, it's, it's like, I think that, you know, the good, bad vibes balances is like important. But I also think that there is like, as mentioned in this article from refinery 29, um, there is a sort of toxic positivity Mm -hmm. around good vibes only. Mm -hmm. And I think some of that, like I said, I thought that it was just a regional thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just like, this is just how people in California are. They're all just about, it seemed like a place where people, uh, having lived in a bunch of different places in the U.S., in California, people lie about how well they're doing and how happy they are. And in New York, people lie about how badly they're doing (laughs) and how upset they are and how hard they're working and how much energy they have left for things. So, like the Midwest, it's just you'd bury everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you know. Oh, you know. know. It's going. It's going. And it's like someone, it's like literally at their dad's funeral. It's like, so how's it going? It's going. (laughs) That is a really good point. Um, Tian, you were kind of responding when I was talking about toxic positivity and like good vibes only culture. How, like, how have you encountered that in your life? I mean, I do feel bad. I am, I am guilty of being the person that like if a friend is having a hard time or like going through something that (laughs) it's short of saying something more like empathetic or like actually meaningful I have sent like a sending you good vibes text Mm. (laughs) which is like I know we've all done it and I every time I send one and or receive one I'm like we're not we're not talking about the thing that's actually happening and like sending just good vibes feels so flat Mm -hmm. I I say sending love it's basically the same thing but it feels more like I'm embracing you. I'm giving you a hug. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> yeah, good vibes. I picture like a like a you know 1970s cartoon with like wiggly lines going from one brain to another, like invisible wiggly lines. I think I. I mean, I come from a family that like we are starting to learn how to talk about like our feelings and our conflicts. But I will say that like for the most part, we are we can be like toxically positive how does that reach how does that like if I were to talk to my mom about something that's going on that's stressful she'll without fail always lovingly be like it'll be fine it'll be okay it'll be and I'm like it's also okay if it's if it's not and that's okay and we can sit in that but I think sometimes it's hard for people to sit 
in the bad vibes yeah. of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just and just feel something mm-hmm. that is not good. Um, you know, when I think about positive vibes now, it just feels like, oh, no, I don't want anything that's going to bring me down, mm-hmm. nothing that's going to make me feel, you know, icky or negative. But that's a part of life. And, yep. you know, we need to feel those things. And I think when we don't and we get so far away from what it feels like to be sad or be down, inevitably there's going to come a point where you can't avoid it. But mm-hmm. then you don't know how to process it mm-hmm. because you're not equipped to do it. Um, and, you know, I've been in situations where I have felt like, oh, do my friends not want to deal with my feelings and emotions? Because it's just like, well, I'm going through this thing. I don't feel so well. But your life is really great. A lot of people would want what you have. Ugh. And, Ugh, and I I'm just like, <laughs> just because they <laughs> want it yeah. doesn't mean I want it. And it's like, it's killing my vibes right now. <laughs> I, I feel like, Alyssa, you can probably relate to the whole good bi- vibes, bad vibes, like catching up with you. Like, I, I feel like we've had conversations where you've like worked as hard as you can. And then finally, you're just like, you know what? I can't engage with this anymore. It's too much. You Sometimes you just have to, when someone, here's the thing, there are bad vibes everywhere, right? And it's like what you do with the bad vibes. And I do think mm-hmm. that like one of the things we were talking about and, and is talked about in the article is like people who are good vibes only come from a real position of privilege because mm-hmm. very few people can afford to be like good vibes only. Like I can't I can't be darkened by this bad news and all this kind of stuff. And it's a point to be able to like imagine if you could just sit there and be like, you know what, I'm just going to like not watch the news. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and with everything that's gone on in the past week, like, could you imagine if you were just like, you know what, it's not good for my mental health to watch any of this. Now, I think limiting it to a certain extent and not going down the doom spiral mm-hmm. and and engaging in trauma porn are all important things. Mm-hmm. But I think that like there does come a time when you have to say, you know what? I'm good for now. But I, I don't think that any of us can actually like you can't use bad vibes as a reason to just like disengage from society and be like good vibes only. I'm not going to I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not gonna, kind of, I'm, I'm not engaging in any of this. Yeah. <laughs> kind of adding to that Sometimes I feel like when people are so dead set on only having good vibes, like it pushes away the relationships Mm -hmm. um, that you think you would want to have, you know, deep relationships where you can be in community with people because, yeah, you're telling them I don't want to deal with anything that's heavy and people deal with heavy things. And so I think for people who are not, you know, solely committed to positive vibes, they probably feel some isolation. I know for me, people who are too stuck on good vibes only, I'm just like, okay, we're, we'll say hi in passing, but you're right. not someone I can really depend on. Right. I'm like 75% bad vibes. Yeah, same. Like, <laughs> that's like the only, that's how I bond with people yeah. is through the bad yeah. vibes. Because like good vibes, I feel, are sort of like the vanilla of vibes. Like everyone's <laughs> fine with a good right. vibe, but they don't like love a good vibe. Right. Like the gr- <laughs> like a great bad vibe that vibes with my bad vibe is like. We're besties. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, the people that are like too good vibe too, I'm like, you're disassociating. Like yeah, where, that's, w- yeah. where are you in the world right yeah. now? Like you're floating above all of us and not seeing what's happening. Like I can't. It's just too much disconnection. It's not the real world. No. Yeah. Yeah. I that... love a curmudgeon. Give me a. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar the Grouch was always my favorite I mean... Muppet. I, you know, when I used to say, you know, I could change him, but actually, I wouldn't want to change Oscar the Grouch yeah. at all. No. I want all of his bad vibes. He's I think it's great. I love trash. He's he loves real. Trash. He's real. <laughs> he is real. Um, so I was wondering, like, 
Do you think that, like, even trying to categorize all feelings into good or bad vibes, like, is even mm. helpful? Um, or is it something that maybe we're just—it's just like a waste of energy? I I think people are doing it on purpose because people are often trying to figure out ways, like, the words to use to describe how they feel. And so I think it allows people to categorize. Mm. But there are so many more categories than good and bad vibes. Like, sometimes there's confused vibes or anxious <laughs> vibes. I have a lot of anxious vibes, like, all the time. Oh, my God, me too. <laughs> Same. Same. See, this is how we're all bonding. Yeah. Our, our, anxious, our anxious vibes. I, like, I fidget. I'm always, like, messing with something. Mm -hmm. And that might actually just be that I have a hard time paying attention. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's not it good or bad. Anxious. It's just yeah, it's neutral. It's yeah. anxiety vibes. Um, Alyssa, have you ever been told you have bad vibes or you're bringing in a bad vibe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is I a safe have, space, Alyssa. You can um, tell us <laughs> almost exclusively during my tenure in politics. To be <laughs> to be totally fair, um, but no, there are times when like you know, things just aren't going your way. Because also, like, I feel vibes are something that, like, infect a room. They're not just, like, mm -hmm. something that is, like, your person. But, like, your vibes can affect a whole group of people. And I would sometimes come in to a meeting with a very specific look on my face, I guess. Oh. And Pfeiffer would be like, Alyssa, what's <laughs> going on? And I would sit down. And it was always about the look on my face. And my friend Stephanie and I came up with this joke that was called Zanny Face after Xanax, which was like, <laughs> if someone told you you had a bad look on your face and the vibes were coming down and like everyone would be laughing. And then you're the person who comes in with like, as my mother would say, a puss on your face and <laughs> sit down. And then everyone's kind of like looking around like, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with her? And you're bringing the vibes down. And so I would put a smile on my face as if I had taken uh, several milligrams of Xanax and be like, everything's fine. Because, oh my goodness. Because it was not in that instance, it was not my intention to change the vibes of the room. The, my, my mood was unrelated to those people. And so, you know, I didn't want to be, I was being conscious of my vibes. Mm -hmm. But why couldn't they sit there and just think that maybe Alyssa has something going on that has nothing to do with me? I'm going to let her feel how she feels and we'll carry on with the meeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? I thought that so many times, but I think that <laughs> I honestly think that my face was very destructive. <laughs> I think it wasn't just like I came in and I was quiet. I think I, I think I'll try to I'll try to recreate the face for you. But I, I think it was I was disruptive with my vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that brings up another thing that I was I was thinking as, as, in terms of vibes. Sometimes, like, declaring a vibe or, like, trying to offset a vibe is, like, a power move. Mm. Like, have you ever had somebody that just kind of, they come into a room and they want to, like, they know some bad news that's not necessary to share with everybody in the room at that moment. But they'll be like, another mass shooting. And it's like, okay. Wow. It yeah. happened regardless of whether or not, like, you you could have could you have waited until yeah. maybe like yeah. some other yeah. moment like not 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 don't tell me at all but like read the room kind mm -hmm. of and and like like introduce the 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 come down bad vibe thing at a time that feels more appropriate yeah. I don't yeah. know no I, I I, I'm trying to think. I feel like there's been instances when I've been with a group and I'm like, I have this really exciting news and someone will say, oh, yeah, OK, um, would love to get to that. But yeah, man, this awful thing just happened. 
okay, what did you have to say? And it's like, <laughs> well, now this feels trivial and no one wants to hear about it. Yeah, I, got, I got these pants two for one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, okay, that is... where did you go? <laughs> well, that is really sad about what's happening to the political dissidents in Myanmar, but there is a sale at Zara. Yeah, gotta run over. <laughs> yeah, good vibes only. Good vibes only. How do you try to keep vibes balanced for you or does it like matter to you? <sighs> There are times when, I mean, yeah, I talk, this is why I actually go on walks. Um, and this, well, I guess I'll come up with something for else for <laughs> the end of the show. But um, <laughs> I go on walks because it helps just kind of even me out. Like yesterday, my walk, I was thinking about something that has been just kind of like making me sad and stressing me a little bit. And that got out. And then today on my walk, I, I was just in a good mood. Now, the music I have on definitely oh, plays a role. Girl, they were in like, this. hot girl walks. You're taking hot girl walks. This morning definitely was. Felt oh. like I was on a runway. Amazing. <laughs> How about you, Tian? I mean, similarly. I think it's just like for me, balancing vibes is just trying to manage my stress and anxiety. So for me personally, I like, I'll bike and watch soccer. Like, that is where I try to just like get all my angst out try to be moving, walking to, I think it just gets me on like a, that little endorphin high of yeah. like moving my body does make a difference. And I have like, I can, I feel like if I am put in a situation where there are bad vibes, I can handle it better mm-hmm. after having like taken care of my own mental health. Um, I think that's the best way to balance. I know I can be toxically positive too, so that's another. <laughs> another well, hey, way. we're all here. I, I know. <laughs> hey, the weather's nice. What, how, can you confront someone who's toxically po- like? What do you say? Hey, too much positivity over there, and then you sound like an asshole. No, please tell me. I think it, <laughs> I think it depends on how like the intimacy of your relationship. Fair. Like, I yeah. will if my husband is being too positive, I'll be like, you just let me feel bad right mm-hmm. now. Like, yeah. I need to I need to feel bad, and it's okay if I feel bad. Like, you don't need to solve my bad feelings mm-hmm. by yeah. making me by erasing them. Doesn't solve them um, because he tends to be a little bit more of a, a positive person than me. A positive person when it comes to me, when it comes to himself, he's like bad, bad vibes, <laughs> bad vibes only. Um, but I think just if it's a close friend and it's not, if I'm just like, you know, it's not right, they, mm-hmm. I, I would hope they would speak up and yeah. say something to me. Um, but that's a great question. And, and it's also like, when do you speak up and when do you just like, okay, yeah. whatever. This is mm-hmm. the vibes off. Yeah. It's fine. Um, I uh, I wanted to end this part of the conversation by asking you all if you've ever been the vibe guy. Have you ever realized that you're the vibe guy? You're the person like keeping the vibe up in a group and that's like your entire role? Yeah. <laughs> where, <laughs> where were you the vibe guy? See, uh, well, funny enough, the vibes really consumed my life, I guess, for several <laughs> years when I was in politics. But no, there was a um, there was a period of time. So uh, President Obama, not a morning person. And uh, <laughs> there would be times when the Secret Service would come down when we had an early day and I'd get the high sign that maybe the vibes weren't great. And that is when I turned it on. There is a picture of me memorialized for all eternity of me pretending to be a hedgehog uh, <laughs> early in the morning. <laughs> because, And there he is laughing and everyone's laughing. And so there are times, look, I know that I can turn the vibes on. It's just sometimes the vibes are exhausting, right? So you yeah, can't yeah. turn them on. Like the toxic positivity people, it's like, how are your vibes this good though? I guess I'm keeping the vibe up 
for everybody else. I wasn't necessarily keeping the vibes up for me. Mm, but even mm-hmm. still, I'm just saying, yes, there was a time when I, I was nothing but vibes. <laughs> yeah, You know, sometimes vibe-wise, sometimes you're the morning hedgehog. And sometimes <laughs> you're the dead squirrel right in front of your driveway. <laughs> sometimes. You never know. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got Sanity Corner slash I Feel Petty. Explore the world's hidden wonders on the Atlas Obscura podcast, a village in India where everyone's name is a song, a boiling river in the Amazon, a spacecraft cemetery in the middle of the ocean. Every day, the Atlas Obscura podcast will blow your mind in 15 minutes. You can find it on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. And welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria. We have almost reached the end of the show, but not quite. First, some announcements for the class. Alyssa, how is your petty brew supply? Erin, it is so funny that you ask because I've had to restock. I am plum out. (laughs) I am plum out of petty brew. And I have a new shipment en route that should be here tomorrow. Amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, mine is continues to dwindle. Um, I'm like all out of the individual oh, yes. single serve bags. Those I just I just completely blazed through. I give them like, like they're catnip. so easy. I give them to people. I'm like, here, try a bag. And then they tell me that they ordered some because it is so fucking delicious. Catnip. What are we gonna I do? I love that. I love that. It is it is kind of catnip coffee. It's really easy to drink. It's really tasty. It goes great with a sweet treat like in I, the morning. Like I said, I love it with a Fig Newton. <laughs> I love, you love it with a Fig Newton. Um, I love it with like a little piece of chocolate. Yeah. If you just have like a little, you just want a little nibble of chocolate. Little, it tastes really good with the chocolate. leftover chocolate Easter egg. I know. I sound like a wine person, but um, <laughs> it's it really is. It's a great, Petty Brew is great. It's my favorite kind of coffee and I am already preparing to need to order more. You can find your own Petty Brew at crooked.com slash store. There's like little Petty group Petty Brew gift sets. Yeah. There's coffee mugs. There's fuck that guy mugs. Get a little it's, filter. It's a, anything. It's a good scene. It's a good scene. Oh, Alyssa, are you listening to Stift? Obviously. Okay. So 
anybody listening to this, if you are not listening to Stift, you need to start listening to Stift. If you're looking for a new binge-worthy podcast to add to your queue, which I usually am, look no further than Stift, the eight-part series from Crooked Media and iHeartRadio. Host Jennifer Romolini takes you on a wild ride through the rise and fall of Viva, the erotic magazine for women that rocked the publishing world in 1973 New York City. With a team of feminist writers and editors behind it, Viva, in its original form, had everything from full frontal male nudity to a fashion section run by none other than Anna Wintour. But with Porn King publisher Bob Guccione at the helm, were they always destined for failure? Find out now by listening to the first half of Stiffed, available for free on your favorite podcast platform. Don't miss out on this podcast. Now on to Sanity Corner slash I Feel Petty. I'm going to go first because mine combines both feelings. It (laughs) is both giving me sanity and it is about something extremely petty. Have you all heard of something called uh, Cake Talk? No. no. It's a part of TikTok about cakes. There's an entire part of TikTok about this is what we stand to lose if the government bans TikTok <laughs> is cake talk. Um, and a lot of it, you know, previously, because I've gone deep on this, cake talk is, is usually like, look at this beautiful cake. Look at this beautiful cake. Look at this person making a beautiful cake. I'm a guy who makes cakes. Look at my beautiful cake. You know, <laughs> whatever. But there is drama now because a woman, a 26-year-old small business owner from West Virginia named Kylie, Kylie's Cakes, which kind of lends itself well to an internet pile on it. Yeah. Unfortunate name. She she makes a signature rainbow cake that she sells to customers for $80. Uh, A customer received one of these rainbow cakes and was dissatisfied and engaged with Kylie over it. Kylie, not letting sleeping dogs lie, initiated this, like, blow up online by by saying that the customer was abusive to her and that the customer was, like, overly demanding and uh, basically calling the customer out. Well, the customer came back with receipts with pictures of the cake, which did look like warmed over shit. Definitely not. (laughs) I mean, it it was like, I would eat it. I would eat it, but I would not pay $80 for it. The rainbow is in the eye of the beholder. Well, the cake (laughs) itself, like the layers of the cake looked like they were, they were fine. But the issue was the, the frosting. And we have like now all of these people on TikTok, on Cake Talk, who are professional bakers going in and being like, so here's what she did. She didn't cool the cake sufficiently uh, and then she attempted to use buttercream and this oh, is her frosting no. job isn't yeah. quite right and like oh, the no. sprinkles weren't applied correctly and like the, the you don't fro- you don't do a name a, a, like it says happy birthday trilby on it but the trilby is like well <laughs> like it's not it's like this original cake is hilarious the the customer coming back and being like no this is what happened and then like posting screenshots mm-hmm. of their interaction and Kylie is actually the bitch in wow. the, that was yeah. really bold of her wow well, that was really bold if her, she yeah. knew what her you cake knew what looked you sent. like. Yeah. You knew what you sent. And like you, I think she just thought that nobody would come back. She would just get to be like, yeah. look at this mean customer. Oh, and no. people would be like, your cakes are beautiful, Kylie. Yeah. But now, okay, so now it's blown totally up. So there are people that are obsessives on Cake Talk that have gone on <laughs> Kylie's website and found pictures of cakes that actually she had taken from other places oh, that my. she was passing off as her as like as like proof of concept of her own cakes and they have like gone to cakes that she's actually made and been like here's where this is the the fondant work is bad <laughs> like people are just savaging this this person she is sort of like not backing down and now it's gotten so bad that people she went to high school with in a small town in West <gasps> oh Virginia are like she was mean in high oh, school oh when the high schoolers come out oh, here. <laughs> see I was waiting for that because 
just the fact that she's done all of this stuff that could easily be put out on the internet and still is digging in tells me everything I need to know yes. about her. Yeah. Yeah. And the, when the high the schoolers vibes. come out, yep. yeah, they're like, well, she was always mean. It's like, th- that's, I think a lot of times when scandals happen, mm-hmm. especially with celebrities, sometimes something, will, a story will break and like it's crickets, like nobody. Yeah. It's because they have like kind of a built up there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, fuck that person. Yeah, You know, like, fuck them. I'm yeah. not going to come to their defense. And, you know, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, I I hate when people are like, this is abuse, this is harmful, when it's, like, not. But I think it's because they're always chasing positive vibes and they uh-huh. don't want anything bad going on. That's true. There if you're is. a good vibes only person, yeah. criticism is, is, a, is, a, it is yeah. like, jarring and abusive. Um, by the way, sometimes when my daughter is acting up, she's 18 months old, she doesn't understand what vibes are. I will say, Juniper, these are bad vibes. <laughs> <laughs> and it always, like, makes me laugh because she, like, totally can't understand what I'm saying. And I usually, like, say it with a big smile. I'm like, these are bad vibes, honey. These are bad vibes. Uh, <laughs> we don't like these vibes. No. Like, Let's start saying smile. it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> bad vibes, mama. Bad vibes. Um, anyway, okay, so that's my Sandy Petty. It's really, I don't know how long Cake Talk is going to dominate my, like, FYP on TikTok. But for now, I'm okay with it. Yeah, Have you been updated. said sexy cake? My friend has sent me like, oh. <laughs> okay, well, let me please, like, let me clarify. Like, he has sent me like Nintendo characters of some, this person that makes cakes with like Mario just like absolutely shredded. <laughs> okay, I'll send it to you. you that just, is like, hilarious. It's just like a hunky, like a hot Mario, like a hot Mario or like a hot <laughs> Shrek, just like absolutely. Do not, shredded. there's no Google. other way. Do not Google sexy cakes. Don't do the sexy cake. No. Oh. Nope. Yeah, Listen, please. No, don't. Don't. don't, don't. don't. Okay, Not safe for work? No. You're going to end up what, on a list. What I'm sending is going to be chill, I promise. <laughs> okay. Okay. I did hope... you just Google it, Alyssa? Of does course Mario... <laughs> Mario does have pants on, right? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay. Everyone's okay. clothes. Okay, good. They're just ripped. <laughs> good. Okay. Well, I'm in color me intrigued. <laughs> um, Alyssa, sanity corner or I feel petty today? I'm feeling petty. Feeling petty. Okay. So do you guys remember like a couple months ago, I've talked about it a couple of times. It's like, why are streamers and studios trying to make cannibalism a thing? Like, stop making yes. it a thing. Stop trying to normalize it. Okay, well, I have found something that is more offensive than that. Oh. <laughs> have you watched Milf Manor? Oh. Okay, wait. I've heard I've about heard it. About- <laughs> you I've heard about it. I've watched two episodes and it's- Should we? It's horrible. Uh, it is appalling it is it is truly sickening it is us the show it's a reality-ish show and of course i have seen a million ads for it because i watch all the 90 days of any iteration (laughs) and milf manor is about moms who are brought to an island with young men who are you know over 18 um, so that they can like milf it up, except spoiler twist, it's all their sons. <gasps> oh, oh, God. It's, it's awful. Oh, oh, my God. And you know me, I love myself some good trash TV. I like a little reality, a little, I mean, I'm very, I'm very finicky about what reality I engage in. But this was, I was like, I just need to check it out. And I watched about 25 minutes of one of the episodes, and I am. I am offended. I covered my eyes. I was like, this is <laughs> terrible. So anyway, I, 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 I,
I don't know. You must really want to be fucking famous or think it's going to lead to a real housewife situation. Oh, I don't know. Oh. But in the season is... finale, do they have to kill their dads? <laughs> then I would watch. One can only, one can only imagine. But I will say I have finally found something more offensive than cannibalism on television. It's funny that both the mother and sons have agreed to this. I know. Like... <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I feel like the fix is in. I feel like they must have kind of been aware that they were going to be on a show where each other's sons were their dating pool. Oof. Yeah. Oof. That makes I mean, me feel like a like I feel puritanical. Well, about yeah. it. Here's, here's <laughs> I think it, that you know is what? not good for TV. <laughs> I think it actually makes it makes an important societal point because if the genders were switched, that would just oh. be called dad's company picnic. No, no, no. no. That's, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dilf. Oh, Dilf. Dilf's going to be no. <laughs> Honestly, I was, oh, I'd watch it if it was called Dilf Den, but then, Dilf. <laughs> but that's the only way I'll watch it. <laughs> oh my goodness! The, the funny thing is that, like, if if you are fans of Thirty Rock, they used to make fun. They have a show on Milf Thirty Island. Rock called Milf Island, and yep. somehow this is worse than the parody. Ugh. Yes. They also Gross. invented 30-second sitcoms, which preceded Vine. I know. <laughs> like, guys, remember R.I.P. to Vine? <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I watched, like, episode one, and I'm like, maybe they'll do something funny and cool, but they did not do anything no. funny or cool. This is bad vibes. This yeah. is such bad, bad vibes. Wrong <laughs> <It's> um, vibes. <laughs> totally the wrong vibe. Shaniqua, uh, Sanity Corner, or I Feel Petty this week? I feel petty, and part of it is directed at myself, I suppose. But <laughs> in the past, the best kind. <laughs> in the past, I would get really like as soon as I watch a television show, I immediately go to Twitter to see what people are saying. I want to like get in the conversation, but I typically watch TV that people talk about online when it comes on. Um, Succession used to be one of those. Every other season, I was ready. I was on. At the end of the last season, I didn't even discover what. Um, now I can't even think of his name. Shiv's husband. Tom. 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 I didn't even fully understand what he did until I went to Twitter and I was like, oh my gosh, he betrayed them. <laughs> <laughs> so I have not started. I started watching su- Succession and I was trying to work and I was like, this is not going to work. I need to put all of my attention to it. So I have not caught up. And then last week I was on social media and I kept <laughs> trying to close it. And I could tell that someone had died. Oh. <laughs> And I kept every time I was like, no, don't look. And then the photos started popping up and I was like, oh, now I know who died. Mm-hmm. And I'm really mad because I wanted to experience that and see it. I mean, I'll, I'll still watch it, but now it's going to feel like, oh, it's coming. It's coming. You don't. You won't I, see it coming. And you, I don't think you will. Either. But now I know who it is, though. Yeah. But like the way Doesn't it's matter. done, it okay. feels like. And we just had Jay Smith Cameron on and she was who plays Jerry. Yeah. And she was talking about how the way that they shot the episode, and it's super interesting. It's okay. really interesting. Super interesting. Here, okay. let me tell you what it's like. Um, <laughs> it makes me think about, um, uh, I, I watched the morning show, like, recently. <sighs> me too. And that one, that was a shocker for me. I was like, no, it did not happen. Mm-hmm. And I like to be in the moment and, and shocked like everyone else. So, okay. I'm going to be looking for it now, which is the problem. Like, yeah. where are the hints? It's still, it still comes. Okay. It, I think it's, yeah. really, I, I got it spoiled for me too. Oh, really? And it was like, I still was, I was like, oh man. And then I watched it and I still was like, oh, like the yeah. entire, okay. yeah. Um, I had it right. spoiled and I still cried. 
Oh wow! Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, the acting is so the the acting Whoa. is cry worthily. Yeah, it's okay. so good. It's it's really oh, man. Incredible. Now I got to really prepare <laughs> yeah. myself. Yeah, gird your. I noise. cry at TV now. Like SVU, I can't get through a whole episode. That I feel like That's is a hard. Engin- That's a hard one. Yeah, that one's engineered in a lab to make you yeah. cry. It's like the beginning of a Pixar movie. It's like you're gonna cry during yeah. this. Um, okay, Tien, Mine, I feel petty. Or? I feel petty. Oh good. Mine's really dumb. I'm feeling real petty about the gopher in my parents' yard. Um, <laughs> Wait, is that a is that a slang for something? No, the actual gopher <laughs> in my dad's and mom's yard, and my dad's like putting out a full out war against this gopher, and oh. I want to, I want the gopher to go away because I can't take the stories anymore. <laughs> okay, so if anybody's out there, I'm looking right down the barrel. Any tips on how to get like humanely get rid and trap and get rid of these gophers? <laughs> That are consuming my dad's like free time and story time. They're driving him crazy. I I need I need a break now. Oh my god! This is a reboot of Caddyshack, starring starring a Vietnamese American family. Oh my god! Incredible. Do it. Okay, great. Free free idea. Actually. Now I don't feel petty about it anymore. Now that it's a, now it's monetizable. <laughs> I can monetize this baby. But really, though, I it's too much. Every time we go visit, it's like he talks to my wife and I for like an hour about the oh gopher. My gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, how do and I even... can't deal with it anymore. <laughs> oh man. I mean, yeah, I think Alyssa, you probably can sympathize with this. Like yard vermin is all consuming. It's all consuming. It, what it, do I it's do? Like, no, I'm telling you, Tian, when we had a mouse in the house, I couldn't live. Like, I couldn't do <laughs> normal same things way. without getting utterly stressed out, like showing up every day at the hardware store for new contractions, <laughs> new ways to get rid of the thing. But, and I have three cats, so it shouldn't have been that hard. But no, there's actually this funny thing. Your cats my, suck. My, they're... They're just here for the good vibes, my cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, Fire those cats. True. What jerks. When they are, when the when the vermin are on the loose, it is uh, it is all consuming. It's you a just loss can't. of control. You're like getting oh, ready to go to what, bed, yep. and you're like, the vermin are outside. The gopher. Yeah. I know he's waking up. I know he's coming to life. <laughs> okay, this is a lesson for me to sit with my dad's gopher vibes mm-hmm. and sit with them and not try to push them away. Oh, just my let God. Him. Yes, yes. We've all learned our lesson also, somehow. TM, has he tried castor oil? No. Okay. He hasn't. So I'm going to send you something. Don't okay, you? Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's like your catchphrase. Aly- Alyssa goes, I'm going to send you something. I'm going to send, I'm gonna send you something. <laughs> And then she does, and it works. And it's just like, <laughs> Alyssa sent me something. Um, all right. Well, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Thank you so much, Shaniqua and Tien, for stopping by. Thank you to Jay Smith Cameron, a.k.a. Jerry of Succession, yeah. for doing a great interview with us. We love her. We want her to come back whenever she wants. And Alyssa, thank you for being my ride or die. And also, thanks to you, listeners. There will be more Hysteria next week. Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Rustin is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer. And Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. The show is engineered and edited by Jordan Cantor. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Mia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote.
I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I love the book, The Power Broker, the epic biography of former New York City planner Robert Moses. So I'm breaking it down 100 pages at a time and talking to special guests about why this book matters, like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I actually think if it wasn't for Robert Moses, I probably wouldn't have run for Congress. Listen to 99% Invisible's breakdown of The Power Broker every month on the 99% Invisible podcast feed. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.